everybody, and welcome to True Stories of Tinseltown. Yes, yes, yes. It's that time of year again. It's spooktacular. Year three, I think, with Stone Wallace. <laughs> Hi, Stoney. <laughs> I am Dracula. <laughs> I bid you <laughs> listen to them. Children of the night, <laughs> what music they make. The spider is spinning his web for the unready fly. For the pod is the life, groovy Grace. <laughs> Hello, Grace. Nice to talk with you again on another interesting episode of our annual Halloween Spooktacular. I love it, and I love you doing it. And Stone, when did we we start talking about it last month, right? We got to prepare for our Spooktacular. We were ready. We were ready and That's willing right. to go. Yeah, about a month ago, we uh, have to start putting together our, our show ideas and uh, try something a little different each year. And I think we have a good topic for uh, this year's Spooktacular. I think so, too. And this is our third year, right? Uh, you know, I was just thinking about that beforehand. I think it's our third year. Uh, I believe so. I know I, we, we definitely to... did two others. I don't think we did four. I think this is our third. It could be our third. I know we've done some other shows as well, of course, oh, talking you did, about yeah. your gangster films and stuff like that. So kind of all kind of congeals at some point uh, to remember, okay, what, what, uh, what show do we do on this one and whatever. But the spectaculars are, 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 you know, unique. So kind of do remember those. Our annual annual holiday fair and it's really cool out where i am it's like it's like cloudy and leaves are blowing and it's really very spooky for it's spectacular it's perfect well it's been pretty gloomy out here too where i am so yeah it kind of suits the season well okay so um why don't you tell everybody what we decided to do this year stone well, we're going to do terror television, talking about classic TV series and some not-so-classic TV series that uh, delved into the supernatural and the spooky, and that would include uh, also um, some made-for-television movies that were pretty effective in, in their ability to frighten audiences. So we'll be focusing not on the motion picture screen, but on the small television screen. Yeah, and a lot of these things that we're going to be talking about, you can see, you know, I think a lot are on YouTube or other places, and you can basically see them. And they're not like bloody gory, all that other stuff. You know, they're just stone cold scary. Well, some of the more recent ones have gotten more into the graphic, but you're right. The uh, the earlier shows, which you can see on uh, many uh, on uh, YouTube and on Daily Motion as well, I think uh, some other ones possibly, uh, they rely more on the on the true not 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 what which is seen fright rather than in your face horror. Right. So it's. If I mean, those are the shows that I grew up with, uh, the, the Hitchcocks, the Boris Karloff thrillers, Twilight Zone, Outer Limits, um, and they were very, you know, mild in comparison to what they show today. But uh, it, it depends, I guess, the generation you're in, what's, what frightens you more. Yeah, I like I like the TV, that, that kind of thing, more than the gore, because I'm not really into gore and stuff. Um, so I really like them, not that they're so terrifying, but they usually have really good stories. Well, that's the thing. You had good stories, you had good characters, 
and situations that you know you didn't have to rely on throwing buckets of blood in your face. And that's unfortunately, some of the shows I'm seeing recently they do they do move more in that direction than giving you a good compelling storyline and and just those little subtle scares that actually frighten you sometimes much more than you know the more explicit graphic stuff that they show. So what what should we talk about first, Alfred Hitchcock or a thriller or what? We'll start with the olders. Well, you start with whatever. We can kind of go from there. You choose a you choose okay. a program that was effective for you. I've got my my noted my pad that I wrote things down, so I'm ready to go. I've got Alfred Hitchcock Hour, and on the Alfred Hitchcock Hour with Alfred Hitchcock, you know he's not. It's not terrifying. There are a lot of murder mysteries, kind of cutesy, kind of twisty stuff. But there are a couple goodies that I highly recommend if you can catch them. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we're, we're going to do um, Alfred Hitchcock Hour first. And The Evil of Adelaide Winters is really... Do you know that one, Stone? It is so good. She is evil. She is horrible. It's played by Kim Hunter, who was Stella in um, Streetcar Named Desire. And she... She's really good and evil, and she is a, um, you know, a a charlatan. She's a supposed psychic, and she just really gets to people. It's wartime, and if she looks in the paper, she has her assistant look in the paper to see missing missing in action, and if the people live around her, she reaches out to them and says that she heard from their kid, and she's just evil, rotten, you know, and all that. So she gets her comeuppance and she finally meets a guy and he has one child. He's, you know, distraught, horrible. And he has a lot of money. So he hires Adelaide, Adelaide solo. And, um, she gets her job. It's, it's good. I can't really describe it. I don't want to spoil it. It's really good. And at the ending really got me. I was, when I saw it the first time, I was like, whoa, it's good. A whoa, good. So, you know, it's good if I, there's a whoa. Right. (laughs) It better be good. Take my word for it. These charlatans, she gets hers, you know, taking advantage Mm. of people. So you don't remember that one, huh? You know, I don't think I ever saw that episode. I saw a lot of Hitchcocks growing up, but I don't remember that episode. But now you've got me uh, wanting to check it out. So I'm going to have Is that available on the on the YouTube? No, I see it. I have a Roku, you know, that thing. And I have oh, Roku, Roku, right. Yeah, Roku TV. And if you go on that, they have all the Alfred Hitchcock hours and all the Alfred Hitchcock presents and half the thrillers. But you can watch the other thrillers with Boris Karloff on um, YouTube. So there's a lot you can watch. But if. It's hard to get them on YouTube, the Alfred Hitchcock Hour, because they pretty much strike them down right away. If you you post them, they go. So, um, but it's really good. How about you for an Alfred Hitchcock Hour? Oh, boy. Well, uh, there, there, there are three that come to mind for me, and uh, I'll mention the first two uh, before I get to the one that really scared me as a kid and actually, yeah, bothered me for a long time. And to this day, I can still send a chill at me when I think about it. But the first two uh, was The Jar. <laughs> with uh, based on a Robert Block story, I believe, uh-huh. and it's about mysterious object inside a jar, and people don't know what it is, and they come to this farmer and they're checking out what is this thing and trying to guess what it is, and the farmer becomes I don't give the ending away, it's pretty good though, but the farmer becomes obsessed with this to the consternation of his wife until his wife finally just loses it and she goes into the jar and begins pulling all this stuff out, whatever it is, and. Uh, I'm not going to give the ending, but it's 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 pretty pretty gruesome actually in a in a subtle way. But that's one I highly recommend. That's a woe. The other one is the ending is a woe. 
I would give it a woe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of predictable, but I still give it a woe. Um, I, I, I'm not sure again. I have, it's either uh, Ray Bradbury or Robert Block who wrote that one. I could be Bradbury. I, I apologize. I I'm not really sure. I think it is but, because they do have the Ray Bradbury hour on Roku as yeah, well. Uh, and they have an, an episode a, called The Jar on that one. That, that would be the one that I, I was mistaken. You know, Bradbury did. He was early in his career before he became known like, for his science fiction work. He wrote some really pretty gruesome stories there, and he, which actually showed on the Ray Bradbury Theater later, which we could talk about. But anyway, uh, back to Hitchcock. Um, the other one is a classic that many people remember is The Unlocked Window. I have that written down, too. I love, love, love that one. Creepy. <laughs> that is ultra creepy and uh, that's one that anybody who wants to to know what creeping dark ungory but frightening horror is that's uh, that's a classic episode of, which you won't really say too much because we don't want to give away what uh, yeah we can give happened. it away big time but it's really you know it's about these nurses who are sort of abandoned in a kind of spooky house with a sick guy and um it's a dark and stormy night. Ooh, sort of um, like one of the movies I recommended last, Spooktacular, The Spiral Staircase. Really atmospheric. And it is creepy. And it is a, I'll give it a woe as well. Big time. I give it a woe as well, yeah. Especially that final scene, which uh, <laughs> is so funny. I mean, I haven't seen that episode for years and years. But uh, that final scene, I can still visualize. And I believe when they did the... Um, when they did the Alfred Hitchcock update, uh, they actually played that one again. Or they didn't play it, but they redid it. I saw uh, it. Not as oh. as, yeah, not as effective. You needed the black and white photography and the, the whole, like you see, the atmosphere was just perfect for that story. And the actors were so good and the maid and it, oh, yeah. it was just really good and kind of creepy and just the house, the atmosphere. And it's a good story. And I think everybody will like it. And I just rewatched it because I like I, I have the Roku thing. So I just kind of go down and rewatch. So I watched that one again. And it is very good. OK, what's your the one that still scares you? Is that the next one? Yeah, and this this is, I believe, uh, I apologize. I believe it's, uh, I believe it's another Ray Bradbury story that uh, is called "The Life Work of Juan Diaz," and it's interesting because it's to me it scared the heck out of me as a kid, but it's also kind of a sweet story when you think about it. So it's kind of a combination of horror and sweetness, and it deals with a poor Mexican farmer who can't support his family. He was played by um, the actor who played on The Flying Nun, who passed away quite young. Oh, Alejandro uh, Ray? Alejandro Ray, thank so you. Yeah, handsome. he plays. yes. Very cute. He was very good in that. And he tells, he can't support his family. Uh, but, you know, he's very poor and everything, but he tells, he gets sick, and he tells his family, his wife and his son, that he'll take care of them after he dies. And he does die, but the family can't afford to bury him in a grave, so he's taken down to the catacombs where bodies of people are hung up in there, you know, can't afford to pay for a cemetery plot. And uh, there's a very greedy caretaker there who, uh, you know, is, is, is just, just, just quite a sinister bad guy there. And uh, I, again, I don't want to give away the ending, what happens there. It's scary, but it's sweet. And I, I, I guess I'll leave it at that. But basically what happens is the little boy wants to bring his father home, who's hanging in the catacombs Yeesh. because it's not a dignified place for him to be, right? And uh, it's got a, yeah, it's creepy what happens. So, I don't again, think it's I've seen talk- that one. I don't think I've seen it, Stone. It's on my I Roku. I'll have to watch it. If you can get it on Roku, it's called The Life Work of yes. Juan Diaz. I and can. it just, it's. 
I remember seeing that on a Saturday night as a kid. After our Saturday Night Killer movie was over, and I had a hard time going to sleep afterwards. It just, it, it really, it really freaked me out. And it, several nights, I kept on thinking about that image of that, of the corpse there, and Yee. what happens with the little. But uh, yeah, it's still, it's still, it's still, it's still a bit of a shiver when I think about that. But it's a very good episode. I have one more that I wrote down: "The Sign of Satan," starring Christopher oh, yeah. Lee. He was wonderful in this. Yes, that's a very good episode too. There's so many great episodes that were on that on that program. But yeah, that was Christopher Lee playing the uh, the actor, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he was an actor, and he was terrified, and he didn't want publicity. They had him come into California, and. He was a member of a cult, uh, a devil's cult people, and an occult devil thing, devil worship. And um, he was afraid because if you go and you speak against the cult or you just kind of leave it, they they kill you pretty much. <laughs> They're somehow going to get you. And um, this is, it's good. It's like um, supernatural as well. And there's very few... Alfred Hitchcock's that are supernatural. And this one has sort of a supernatural element. And it's really good. And I would give it a woe. Yeah, I saw that years ago. And unfortunately, I don't remember much about it, except for Christopher Lee being in that in that episode. But uh, yeah, I know Christopher Lee in real life was very interested in uh, the occult. Not that he practiced it, but he had a vast library of, of books dealing with that subject. So that would have been a good episode for him to uh, to have appeared in. He also, did you ever see, I'm just kind of getting off to a movie. It's really horrible, but he's in it. Um, what the heck is it? It's on all the time. You can get it on YouTube. Uh he did a movie. I can't remember. It's some stupid town, and he's a devil worshiper. I can't remember. If I think about it, I'll let you guys know, but I can't think of it. And I'm sure you can't think of it if I can't tell you what I'm thinking of. Is it the City of the Dead? Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, that plays on television quite a bit, actually. It's also known as Horror Hotel, yes. and he plays a just in that one. Yes, yes, I've seen that many times, actually. Yeah, he plays a college professor. So this is early before he plays Dracula. But I can only imagine he got into all that because he's he dealt with it. 90% of his career was doing that kind of stuff. He did a lot of films, yeah, like The, uh, the Devil Rides Out and To the Devil a Daughter. And he did a lot of films that have that, uh, that element to it, for sure. The Wicker Man, uh, a great film, by the way. That also kind of touches into, the, into that uh, subject. Okay, so we did that. Oh, did you ever see where the woodbine twineth? No, but I've heard much about it. Apparently, that's a quite a frightening episode too. Yeah, it's good. It has a woman, um, her sister, and her brother-in-law get killed, and she's a surviving relative. And she was chosen to watch their kid, who's about eight or nine, and she doesn't know how to deal with kids. She is what they would call an old maid in the old days, or a spinster, one of those. And um, they don't get along, and the kid can't stand her. And I'll tell you the truth. The kid was kind of a brat. I'm not lying. She really was. And um, she met this girl, and she'd make up stories about meeting this girl. And the woman thinks she's just being a creep and lying about stuff. But it isn't the way it is, and it's really good. It is a woe. I would highly recommend people checking The Woodbine Twineth as well. It's very good. As you say, Hitchcock didn't go too much into the supernatural, but when he did do those episodes, they were always very effective. Yeah, because that wasn't his big thing. And he, um, 
this is supernatural and it is a whoa when you see the ending you go whoa so it's pretty good um i didn't really get many from alfred hitchcock presents except because they're not really any supernatural ones you know the half an hour one no they were more like crime and with yeah. ironic ending because um, i mean uh yeah they're, they're they're good episodes i mean they're Very a lot good. of them are classic yeah Right, they're not really not really supernatural uh, oriented. They're more like you know the perfect crime, or the guy trying to kill his wife, or kills his wife, and then some little ironic thing happens at the end that gives him away, or vice versa. You know, but uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't say they don't go into the supernatural. I can't even think off the top of my head if there was a uh, one that was supernaturally oriented. No, I went because I, this is also uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents is also on the Roku channel, and they have season one. I think it goes to seven seasons, and it's good. They have a lot of really good episodes. But none that I could see that were supernatural. One that oh, I really no. yeah, they weren't. Um, thriller. We go. This is uh, Boris oh, Karloff. <laughs> That's uh, that's the first show I really remember as a kid watching it. Uh, that yeah, that we had had that. Uh, see, the thriller actually uh, started off, I think, as a crime series, more about uh, crimes and criminals and stuff like that. And then it began to veer into the supernatural and horror, and that's when it really took off. I mean, it was basically a short-lived series, but during that time, they produced some incredibly scary episodes. And you and I were talking about one uh, just a while back there, which you might want to bring up. No, I don't remember. I know we talked yes. about a lot. I can't remember. The Incredible Dr. Markison. Oh, yeah, that's a goodie. Oh, yeah. That's a classic. That's a scary episode. It is. You'll see Darren Stevens to cure Carmen. Yep. He plays such an idiot. Like, why are you staying there? You know, it's just so nonsensical. <laughs> They're staying in this place with spider webs. The woman's looking for something to eat in a kitchen where there's rats and spider webs and dust. And she's looking for food. I mean, and they have no electricity. She's opening a refrigerator. Come on, sister. <laughs> you know, what kind of grub are you looking at? You have to overlook some of those and just get to the you story yourself. To. With, you have to. Which, 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 of course, has Boris Karloff in the, in the episode oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, he plays Dr. Marcus. Dr. Marcus. It's wonderful and creepy. Yeah, that's probably one of the creepiest episodes, that one. And then we can move into another one that's a classic horror that was um, uh, highly recommended even by Stephen King, which is uh, Pigeons from Hell. I love Pigeons that. From Hell. Yeah, I have that written down. That is talk. That is truly, really creepy as well. And I think it's creepier than Marcuson. That one got me scared. And I just watched it maybe two months ago, and it scared me again. Yeah, it is. It is very, very frightening episode. Uh, that uh, yeah, again, without giving away too much, it's 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 yeah, it's, it's very effective. Mm-hmm. Two brothers. And, uh, they're driving somewhere. I'm not really sure. I think they run out of gas, and they see this like old southern mansion that's abandoned, and it's and scary stuff ensues. It happens then when they go into the house to spend the night. And they think they're it's alone. Yes. Are <laughs> What's they? the old lady's name? Mutilay or something I like that? I don't remember. Some southern belle yeah, but she's, Yeah. Yeah, very creepy and, uh, yeah, good episode. That's one that I highly recommend to anybody who wants to, you know, sit and turn the, turn the lights off at night, and especially if it's a nice stormy night outside, and put on a, a scary episode of Thriller if you can do it. And, uh, yeah, that'll, 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 that'll serve the bill fine. There's another. Did you ever see The Hungry Glass? Yes, William Shatner. And Ellie Mae Clampett. Yes, Yes, it's about mirrors. And Ellie Mae Clampett, and she was supposed to be the... I think it's like a a Massachusetts coast, and it's this big, glorious home that William Shatner and his wife get 
for not much money. But the reason they're getting for not much money is it is haunted and people have disappeared and all this. So Ellie Mae was Miss Dish in her time. She never stopped looking at herself in the mirror. And you just see in the it's just really good. And they have all the mirrors locked out. And it's creepy. It's very good. Atmospheric as well. And really creepy. William Shatner has um, post-traumatic stress disorder. He was in the war. And he could, you know, he's a photographer and his wife's an interior uh, decorator. And also in it is the professor from Gilligan's Island, Russell Johnson. He did a lot of those and also the Twilight Zones. And uh, William Shatner also was another uh, effective episode of Thriller, The Grim Reaper. That's so good. With Lovey Howell, with Lovey from the talk about That's right. All these these television personalities (laughs) that that became famous through uh, different programs. And it's kind of cool. Like, you watch these old TV shows. Oh, there's, like you say, there's Donna Douglas, uh, you know, Ellie Mae, and there's... um, uh, uh, from uh, Gilligan's Island, and it's, it's it's fascinating to watch these shows and see these actors playing different different types of parts. And Shatner was really good. He did so many of those, he, you know, did the thrillers at the Twilight Zone and a lot of programs that, uh, and he was very good in those. He really was. This is before he got the Captain Kirk, uh, I, I am who I am kind of thing. You know, he really became big, you know, big for his britches, as my mother might have said. I don't know. <laughs> big for his britches. But uh, he was really good as in that. You have another one? There's a lot from Thriller, but I, I the Purple Room is good. It's not really a supernatural one, but it's creepy. Do oh, the Purple that Room. One? That's a good Yes. That was pretty creepy, too. Yes, yes, that was a good one. That was a good Rip Torn, I love that name. Rip Torn was in it, and Torn, uh, yes, of course, yes. And Patricia Barry. Then there Barry. was the Hollow Watch. Yes, the, that's was, so good. Yeah. The Hollow with with the Scarecrow and oh yeah, you can. Then they did the trilogy of terror where they did three supernatural episodes. I just watched Carl, that the other night. I was thinking of you <laughs> with Karen Black. <laughs> yeah. And Carla, of course, is a nose and the premature burial they did. Uh, yeah, there were just so many. It's just, it's probably I would. Say out of all the the classic TV shows, maybe just all the supernatural shows in general. Of you know that would probably be the top of the list. I think the thrillers. They're really good. What about the the suit when uh, you know the the he had to have a special material because he wanted his son to come back to life. His son died. He, he was a devil worshiper. There's all this good stuff, and there are always wind for atmosphere. I know where you can see them, and I will link you up. But if I link <laughs> it, I'll tell you where it rhymes with. New new cube. I'm not. Yes. I'm not going to link you guys up because honestly, every time I see somebody link something really good up, it disappears. So remember, new cube thriller. Check it out. Every episode that we're talking about, you can find there, and they there are some really good ones, really really good ones there. And yeah, they did the crime ones. You know, they're boring, big deal. Who cares about crime? You want the the scary stuff. And they have some really good stuff. How about Twilight Zone, Stony? What's your choice? Just one more I want to mention. Oh, in your mind is the one called A Wig for Miss Devore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I was thinking that's a, that's, a, that's another creepy episode. Oh, yeah. Especially see the ending of it. But uh, that's about the wig that keeps the actress young. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very good episode. And that's one I would recommend as well. I love that actress, Patricia Berry. Because when I was talking about the Purple Room, I thought all of a sudden um, the wig for Miss Devore flashed in my head because I remember us talking about it. She's great, that woman. She played so many people, like sort of that voice that she has, that sweet little voice with dimples. And she's so <laughs> good. And she is in that. She's in the Purple Room. She does a lot of Hitchcock. She does 
Uh, she does TV movies. She just is swell. Patricia Berry, if anybody knows her. I do. Isn't that weird? I do know a lot of people's names, but that's Well, weird. I remember her on the white... On- yeah, she was on the Rifleman quite a bit. You know, she was she was she was quite a you know actress. You see in a lot of series, but then again, during those days when they had you know programs like that, anthology shows, whatever, you'd see these actors and actresses playing a lot of these um, episodes. So it, it was like a good showcase, I think, for them, which we don't really have anymore. No, sadly, there's too much stuff to watch, and people you know get bored or whatever. It just doesn't. Because um, then there wasn't that much to watch. You didn't. In my day, yeah, we didn't have the cable. We didn't have internet. We didn't, you know, so it's sort of like, you know, you you kind of watch that stuff and you, you notice all these people. I didn't notice them when I was a kid. Now I notice them because I watch all these old things and I go, oh, there's that one. There's that one. There's that one. Exactly. And they're great. Yeah. They're really good. They're really good um, the actors and actresses. They're fabulous. Really good. Well, like you say, moving into the Twilight Zone, you look at actors like Jack Klugman played in a lot of episodes, and good episodes. Burgess Meredith, of course, played in a lot of Twilight Zones. The one, and the, again, the famous one, just wants to read. Yes. The, Mr. Well, I don't remember his, last, his name. That's a really good one. Uh, which, with Burgess Meredith, you talking about the one about the, uh, nuclear, the nuclear war. Con- yeah. And he's in the yes. bank vault. <laughs> yeah. Time, of, time enough at last, it's yeah. called. And that's... That's got to be, I think, you know, you think about a lot of these, those shows that have the ironic endings. That has to be in the top five of the kicker endings of all time in that one, eh? Yeah, sad. It made me sad it, for that it's person. It really sad. It really did make me sad. I don't know how we were supposed to feel, the poor guy, but I just, you know, he was a, an avid reader, and it was really a good episode. So why don't you talk about some of your faves? You talk, and I'll talk about one of mine. You're on. Well, I'm trying to think of the scary ones in the Twilight Zone. Of course, they had some. They had some really good, uh, uh, some scary episodes. Um, the one that I re- remember that's it's really creepy is the one with um, the actress Gladys Cooper, and it's called Night Call. I love that I one. That? I have that written down. I love that one. Oh my! She- but you know what the problem with that episode is? What? That's based, that's based on a Richard Matheson, who's one of my favorite authors. That's based on his short story. Uh, the only thing is they changed the ending, and they should have kept the ending from the short story because that's a terrifying ending. They softened the ending for the Twilight Zone show, for the show, the episode itself. But if they would have kept the original Matheson ending, that would have sent you to bed just shaking in your boots. <laughs> I wonder why they didn't use the original. Is it, I don't know what it is. You'll have to tell me. But um, the ending, I yeah. think they might have thought it was too frightening. Huh. Well, and, it, and actually it is. It is actually a terrifying ending when you think about what it means. I mean, she's alone in that old, she's crippled, she's alone in the house. She's getting these telephone calls. They find out that the calls are coming from the cemetery, that's uh, coming from the grave of uh, the man she used to be involved with. And it, it ends off in an episode, sad but not frightening, whereas in the story, it is frightening. Yeah, it's really good. And Gladys Cooper was really good in a lot of these. She was also in the one um, with Mr. Death with Robert Redford. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Yes, that was a good one, too. That's another great episode. Robert Redford, he was in a bunch of these little things. Also, I loved The Hitchhiker. That was a good one. Uh, I was going to mention, I just saw that. You know, we were getting our Twilight Zone episodes back here in Winnipeg, thank God. And they, they played that last weekend, so I was watching it again. And that is a creepy, that's another very creepy episode. Very supernatural, very creepy, going my way. She's driving cross-country, and... um She's going from New York to California, 
and she keeps seeing this guy hitchhiker along the road. I'm getting chills because I'm thinking about it. That scares me, that movie. Honestly, it did scare me, and it still does. Um, And she keeps seeing him, but no matter where she goes, where she turns, how long it takes, he's always there. And, it, you know, it's really good. The ending is fabulous. And I, I ain't going to spoil, but it is really, really good. It kind, of, it kind of reminds me the concept of that movie Carnival of Souls, if you ever saw that yes, movie. Yes, 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 yes. That's one you guys Fuller, can also Fuller's check. Fitness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what about the episode with uh, Telly Savalas, the doll? <laughs> Talking Tina, and I hate Talking, you. Yeah. <laughs> Talking Tina. Oh, gosh, that's a good episode, eh? Yeah, also... Um, <laughs> The uh, the Howling Man. Did you ever see that one? It's kind of like not John scary. Carradine. Oh, yes. definitely. Yes, that's. A, I'm glad you brought that one up. I kind of forgot about it. that. That had an ending that kind of threw you right off. And it was really good. And it also was. It was in a castle in and I don't know some Bavarian country. And you hear the howls. You hear the wind. You hear the rain. It's just really atmospheric. John Carradine is fabulous, and it's a really, really. It's a good one. I think. I also like the masks just as a lesson. Do you remember that one? Oh, yes, of course. Yes, the, the, the greedy family. Yes, and um, the, the guy, they're horrible people, each of them, too. a son, a daughter, and the couple. They're just greedy. The, the daughter's always talking about how sick she is and misery and this the son, you know, like hurts animals. He's just this real creep. And the daughter just thinks she's so beautiful. She's in the mirror all the time. And her husband is just a greedy creep. And he said, if you want my money, he's near death. And this is played by, I, what's his name? His last name is Keith, and he is Brian Keith, if you guys know him. He, was, he wasn't a huge star, but he did so many films. You know Brian Keith? That was Robert Keith. Robert Keith, his dad. Bob. Yeah, that's yeah. his dad. And um, yeah. he, he kind of, uh, it was, I loved it. And that was directed by Ida Lupino. Fun fact, Ida Lupino is the only star who starred in Twilight Zone and also directed, man or female, male or female. That's it. That's right, yes. She, I loved her in, um, it's, what's it called? It's the, uh, uh, I, I kind of wish for that, 16 millimeter shrine. It's sad, but good. I, that's another good episode. Yes, that's fair. And she was in that one, of course, yep. Yeah, I, I would like that. You know, I kind of... She's like sort of a Norma Desmondy kind of person. And Very much, yeah. yeah. But she doesn't have young boyfriends. But she sits in her screening room and watches her movies all day long, over and over and over again. And then there's sort of like a, her agent says, they have a part for you, played by uh, Martin Landau. And he's her agent. He said, they have a part for you. They go. And she's all thinking she's going to be the leading lady, like, you know. Norma Desmond did. And they said, well, you play the mother. And it's like, oh, no, no, no. She's not doing it. And then he was really harsh to her. And she goes back to her projection room. I'm not going to spoil it. It's really good. And I actually think that was a very happy ending. Actually, that was, yeah, that was one of the happier endings for that series. And not, and not terribly ironic either. You know, sometimes I think I should put up a projector and kind of wish my way, if I wish hard enough, if I wish hard enough. So it it is a very good episode. It's not really scary, but it's good and has a supernatural tinge to it as well. Also, Room for One More, honey. That was a good one. Oh, uh, yes. Um, That was the, um, oh, gosh. Room 22. Room 22. Something. Yes, yes. 
that was creepy too. That was that was very unnerving. I think as well. It's kind of predictable, but it's still it's still pretty effective. It is, and I love that actress Barbara Nichols. She always plays the dumb blonde, and she played a stripper yeah. who I think had a nervous breakdown, and she keeps having a recurring dream. And it's room twenty two, and you know she goes to the elevator, whatever. It keeps going, keeps going, and. It's room 22 is the morgue. So that's where it keeps taking her. But it's very good. I like that one. Um, uh, there's so many And good then, of ones. course, uh, another classic that people still talk about is uh, with William Shatner again is Nightmare <laughs> at 20,000 Feet. I love that one. I really do. Gremlin. <laughs> it grew on me. At first, I'm like, this is the most fake-looking per- thing on, on a, a wing. You know what I mean? This big furry monster with these foo-foo, yeah. you know, furry monster <laughs> slippers. <laughs> But you know what? He's, he's, he's almost cuddly, actually. Yeah, he looks adorable. It's like, hey, but he again is have he had a nervous breakdown, so they're coddling him, and he's taking his pills and doing whatever, and everybody's knocked out, and he keeps seeing it, and he's like, oh, he thinks he's crazy himself. But it's so good. I it grew on me, and I absolutely love this one. And it's got a good ending to it as well. It is the perfect. final scene. But, but poor yeah. William, you know, poor William. But I don't. We don't know what happens to him. But it's a very good, good uh, episode. Uh, Any more yeah, that you can think of? Uh, there were many in the Twilight. So I'm trying to think of uh, other ones that were scary. You could you could include uh, uh, to serve man. In that, I have in that, that in my list as well. I have that. <laughs> <laughs> That's at my top. The to serve, which is so wonderful. It is such a good film. Uh, it is. It's always talked about. It's one of the classic of the Twilight Zones. And I just love it. Too, it yeah. We could do a whole show on Twilight Zone alone when you think about it. Yeah. There's so many good episodes. And you prophetic know, I mean, in so many ways. So many were prophetic. And, and he was so ahead of his time. Um, oh, definitely. He's a genius. I mean, I always say Rod Serling was a total genius. I mean, to write the stuff he did is just like, wow. You know, he didn't do all. He didn't do all the all the episodes. Of course, he had Charles Beaumont and Richard Matheson, and you know, people of, of that caliber. And even what's his name from the, the Waltons? He was one of the writers on that show. Earl Hamner. So, uh, well, yeah, Hamner. Yeah, Earl Hamner. He was uh, one of the writers. Did some episodes. So yeah, he had a, he had a he, just 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 quality quality people working on that show. From the actors like Klugman and Burgess Meredith and Shatner to the writers, uh, to directors. It was it, it remains a classic show. Even though even though I don't think it was a huge success at the time, uh, which is hard, kind of hard to believe because were, you know it was. I guess maybe people didn't quite understand the you know some of the some of the messages behind the show because most of them did have some kind of a message to it you know what when I, I think about and i i think about today with social media and how everybody is so looks you know i gotta look like this i've got and it's like um number 22 what no what is it number 12 looks just like you when they turn 19 they have to choose oh, a model yes. to look like so everybody looks alike there's only a couple models and it's sort of like today where everybody just you know like a kardashian you want to look like her the perfect nose you know, Photoshop everything, and it's sort of that's pretty prophetic as well. That you, you can't. It is prophetic. Yeah, you're ugly. You're considered ugly if you don't look like those people. So it's a really good. There's just so many great ones. Really, really. Well, good here's ones. one more. I, I, I can't believe I forgot about this one. It's one of the scariest ones they ever did. Was with uh, Lee Marvin, The Grave. Mm. I don't really remember that one. 
It's, 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 it's a Western. It's, uh, it takes place in the West. And uh, they dare Lee Marvin to go out to his grave in this old cemetery, old Western cemetery on a dark and windy night, and to stick a knife into the grave. I can't remember exactly. It's been so long since I've seen that one. But apparently, I think it might have been somebody that he had a vengeance towards, and they dare him to go in there and stick the knife into the grave. And it's got a twist ending to it as, as well, which I won't, which I won't mention because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But it's very atmospheric. And uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 creepy. It's another creepy episode. He did a bunch of those. He was in a bunch of Twilight Zones. Yeah, he did the one with the robot. I don't like that one. Rifle. I just saw that the other day. Steel. That's an name. Steel. That's Steel. right. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, he did that one, and um, he was a cutie. He did a lot of them. Even I think Charles Cope. Uh, what's that guy's? He played like a handsome guy. Is that Charles Coburn or is that? I'm trying to think. Uh, Charles. Oh, you mean James Coburn? Yeah, yeah, Charles Coburn is the old fat guy, right? <laughs> the old guy from the Warner Brothers movies. <laughs> no, James. Yeah, he did. Uh, well, even Charles Bronson did a Twilight Zone. Oh, I mean, you know, yes, with actors. Elizabeth Montgomery. Yeah, exactly. The Adam and Eve story, if you want to call it that, maybe. <laughs> yeah, too. There were there was a nuclear war, and they were in uh, New York, and they're you know maybe supposed to be Russia and American, and they can't speak each other's language. But they also did another one too with Richard Basehart and some other actress. And he crashed on a, a land and everybody died and he was by himself. And there was a woman and she was at, she was at, he was Adam, he was Eve. And they named it Eden, Garden of Eden and whatever. So that was one too. They did two that are, you know, Adam and Eve-ish. Yeah, exactly. They did. Yeah, then they also did the story about the uh, the nuclear war that's going to destroy this planet that you that you believe is Earth because it looks just like our planet. Yeah. And uh, as if the family escapes and they're heading out before the world explodes, and they're heading to Earth. So and they did these like these kind of stories that dealt with that kind of a thing. And the new beginnings, let's say. Yeah, and that we're not alone. That there are, you know, we're not like the um, what is it? The monsters on Maple Street. And there were actually uh, people. That's a good one. They said, "What do we, we don't have to destroy tonight. these people? They'll destroy them that's, each other for us." That's on tonight on our on our on our Twilight Zone. I'm looking forward to seeing that one again. Claude Akins yeah, and uh, Barry Adelaide. So many really Epis. wonderful actors in these shows. Yep, they had just like I say, they were like. Uh, starting showcases for some of these big names that you became famous from other parts. But to see them at that point of their career, it's, yeah. You don't see that anymore, like I say, and it's kind of sad because you don't have those kind of programs anymore. To, and plus, you have, let's be honest, you don't have those kind of actors anymore either. No, it's sort of like a generic. There are some really good ones, but it, it's not uh, it's not like it used to be. In the old days when I was young, yeah. But no, it, it's just different. It's different, that's for sure. And they would go. They'd go from... You know, Twilight Zone to Thriller to Perry Mason to whatever to all those other shows. And you look and go, wow. That's right. And TV movies. Another another show we should talk about also that has some pretty creepy episodes was uh, The Outer Limits, the original original series back in the 60s. That was a more sci-fi one, right? Yeah, it was more sci-fi, but they did occasionally delve into horror. Uh, my One of my favorite episodes um, is uh, the one called The Architects of Fear that uh, featured uh, Robert Culp, where he plays uh, a scientist who is chosen to become an alien because what they want to do is create world peace, and the only way they can do that, they believe, is by making an alien come to Earth that they think is coming to invade the planet, which will bring all the countries together. 
And of course, it doesn't go quite as planned. But what's interesting about that is back in the day when that episode originally aired, they had a warning uh, that children perhaps should not watch this episode or people who are easily frightened because they said when you see the creature uh, that uh, that's uh, going to appear in there, it might be too frightening. And the buildup is actually really effective the way they before they show what uh, Robert Culp has become through the scientific experiment. But when you see it now, it's, it's, it's quite laughable. But I guess given the time it was <laughs> written or, or produced, uh, it, it would be kind of scary. But it was. Yeah, I remember that. I, mean, I remember that warning they had on beforehand. That's funny. You know, they did do a remake because they did do uh, a modern Outer Limits, and they I saw that one that he was a Martian and they kept injecting him with stuff. He was an American and they just used him as a guinea pig and he became the awful monster. And I'm sure he was a more gruesome. I didn't see that one with Robert Culp, but I... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good episode. It's actually my favorite. The other ones uh, that I... The other one that really kind of... It still kind of creeps me out because not that the story is that scary, but the creatures are scary. Are the Zanti misfits? I don't think... You know, I'm not really familiar with that that oh, show. okay. But go on, <laughs> talk about it. No, it doesn't matter. You can tell people about that's it. About, that's about these these uh, from another planet. They send these creatures to Earth, and what they what they are? They're like like ants with human faces. <laughs> and, I mean, again, to look at it in today, you can say, okay, it's kind of goofy. But actually, at the time when it was on, it was very creepy. I mean, those things were really, they had like a little buzzing sound about them. And it ends up, at, uh, they were sent to Earth because they were like the convicts from this planet, the Zantes. And they sent them to Earth because they knew that man would destroy them. They couldn't destroy their own kind, but they knew that man would because, you know, they're different and they are different and they're very vicious too. And at the end, they attacked this military uh, outpost in this town and a battle between these antis are. And there's a scene where this guy comes crashing out of a room upstairs and he's covered in these damn things. And I'm telling you, at the time, like I say, they were they were pretty creepy. That sounds now great. Now I'm going to it's kind of, it's like I say, you kind of got to look at it now and go, hmm. But it was all, and, and uh, interestingly, in that episode, uh, it's got a part for Bruce Dern in one of his earlier parts, earlier roles. Oh, uh, yeah. I just saw him in an Alter, uh, Alfred Hitchcock hour. He did, and he did some Alfred Hitchcock presents as well. He played, he played yeah. cre- a wormy creep, which he did to perfection. He was a really <laughs> great wormy creep. Well, in his anti-misfits, he's a wormy creep, too. So he, he gets his in that one, too. So there you go. He was so good in those kind of parts. He, you know, you believed it. He was, he, I liked him a lot as an actor. I think he's really good. Um, I think he's a great actor. Yeah, me too. One Step Beyond. Did you ever see that You know, one? I never really watched that series, One Step Beyond. I just watched it. Um, it you can get that, everybody. I think you can get the full series on... Um, new cube and um just google it but they have all different episodes one i liked a lot was the waltz and it had elizabeth montgomery i don't remember the other actors in it but um she plays a southern belle there's war and this guy's in love with her and they're engaged but she meets somebody new and they're gonna have a dance and she asks her father who's a general to put her fiance in sort of like it's sort of a suicide mission there's like no chance he's going to come back alive because she wants to go out with the new guy. And so he gets sent away. What a bitch she was. She was terrible. <laughs> I want to 
a meanie. And um, so she does it, and he gets killed, and there's the waltz, and she's with the other guy. It's really good. It's creepy and good, and she gets she gets it. She should have, and she gets it. So I gotta check that out because I, I, I'm familiar with the series to know to, to know of it, but I don't think I've ever seen an episode of that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's on YouTube, so you can check it out. I think they I have, have the whole thing. Good. Thanks for the heads up on that one, because I will check that out now. And like I said, Thriller, you know, the Boris Karloff. There's a lot of stuff you guys can watch, and you can just check it out on YouTube. There's a lot of great stuff.